Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center Podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of the big show, the main show, the train heist of our action movie. This is Four Center. Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa here as well, and thankfully, as always. Yeah, sir. Got my gription boots on so I don't fall off the podcast train. <laughs> Even taking it even more. I love that. <laughs> Jennifer. I love that. Yeah, I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on. <laughs> hanging on indeed. 
Well, we are here to talk bonus solo. That's right. Solo, a Star Wars story. The digital edition was out. And even grumpy old people like Joseph and myself, not including you in this, Jennifer, we <laughs> happily purchased the digital edition this time around. Right, Joseph? Yes. <laughs> yes. I've accepted my fate. That I'm, and, and I want to support Solo. So I'm going to buy yes. it twice. And that's fine. I am too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll buy it twice too. I, I like the digital. It's so easy because I have the Apple TV. So I'm yeah. just like, bam, skew it up. It is, Chewy. it is. And it's fun. I have the Amazon Prime one. Punch it, Chewy. Punch it, Chewy. The Amazon Prime one, I, I don't know if the other ones do. You stop it, and then all of a sudden, like, the cast comes up. Yeah. And oh, it's yeah. really interesting. I started, like, freeze-framing every scene. See <laughs> what it is. We're going to dive into the special editions. We've reviewed Solo. We've talked about the novelization. And I'm sure we're going to have a lot more to say about the movie. But we're going to dive into the special editions here in a bit. Before, though, I'd like to remind you, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3. Three player. A little bit later, we'll have our Force Center recommends where we tell you which audiobook we think you should consider listening to. Uh, before we dive into the news, as we like to do with Jennifer Lee, and that we uh, catch up ourselves. Uh, we're friends, and we uh, <laughs> LA's busy, and we don't get a chance to do this much off air. You sound like you were trying to convince yourself. <laughs> we're, we're friends. I mean, right? I. <laughs> no, I, we, we absolutely are. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do, actually, is to drink with Joseph Scrimshaw outside of the bounds of a podcast. That's ah. great. He is a very entertaining uh, drinker. Not, yeah, I'm not going to say drunk. I'm trying to say not say drunk because that's a different image. No, no, no. I think we were both drunk in Las, Las Vegas there. Oh, that was that a was, great time. Yeah, that was good. That was a good oh. good memory playing Titanic slots. Oh so, um uh, uh, Jennifer, we haven't really uh, gone to Vegas. Uh, you, no. your husband, Joseph, and uh, Sarah. We should all do that as a <laughs> and team. And your child. You and your child. Bring so her to the fun. casino <laughs> and yeah, just maybe. drink. <laughs> yeah, no no life at Star Wars Life Adventures, but I we may be moving. It all works out well. So now I'm at the point where I'm like, what? What Star Wars items am I going to display? I, w- I want to display them in a like sophisticated adult way. That makes yeah. sense. You know what I mean? And so now I'm now I'm getting some ideas. Um, I don't know. That is an interesting turning point, right? In, yeah. in it's not just about age. It's about uh, maybe your situation in life, where you can finally like. I don't just want to hang a poster up. I want to frame it. Exactly. <laughs> this exactly. What kind of poster does it go yeah. with the paint? Right, yeah. right. I'm like, oh, I need to upgrade this, you know, to get a nicer frame. And it just, it's really funny. Yeah. yeah. So I, and like you were, t- we were talking about amazing interiors, the yes. Netflix show. Oh, and yeah. to hear you, Joseph, say that watching that show has inspired you to display your figures in a different way. Yeah. That's an adult version of this. In a better <laughs> way. Yes. Uh, you should watch amazing interiors. Show. I yes. have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll be very inspired. Yes. You'll yes. be, uh, Pretty soon, Joseph and I will only be talking about that show. Uh, but Joseph's here. Got a great solo T-shirt on I today. Do. I do. Yeah. Yes, uh, my wife got me this solo T-shirt for my birthday, and I waited to put it on until we watched the movie again, and I realized I was wearing my uh, Millennium Falcon sweatpants, my solo shirt, watching Solo. I've got the book facing out on our bookcase, so the solo thing was staring at me. Got my action figures. Uh, my wife got me an extra Chewy from Solo so I could open him. So he and Han can nice. be together out of the package. And I just realized, like, I look like a Simpsons joke. Like, all I need is, like, a flag <laughs> waving that says, Solo. That'd be complete. It was, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, it was, I was so all in. And uh, in 
and so was my wife. So that was yeah. the, that was the real adventure this weekend. And I, I took some time to write a thread on Twitter about why people should check out the movie because I think mm-hmm. now is the time for people who skipped it because oh, it, timing was bad. Yeah. Spent all my money on Deadpool too, uh, or just they heard it was not that great. Now is the time where the movie could make a little bit of a comeback. So yeah. I think as Star Wars fans, we should. We should shout it from the rooftops. Uh, I loved your thread, sir. Uh, you know, threads on Twitter, you and I have, have theories about them. <laughs> part one of 34. But actually, I love that you didn't do a part. You just did a thread. You don't know how long you're in for when you <laughs> yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, you, you might have to bail out. Uh, and it was all true, insightful as always. So, uh, hey, follow Joseph and, uh, and, and dive into that. My Star Wars adventures. I left town for a couple of days, went back home to uh, Pismo Beach, where the Walmart there had cheaper Black Series figures. $17, the Range Troopers in my collection, I'm happy to say. (laughs) Hooray. Happy to say. And also a Naboo Speeder. Of the uh, little uh, little Hot Wheels uh, oh, display, nice. Nice. I figured a, a prequel list as, a, as as myself and this this network, I should have it somewhere on yeah, my shelf. Absolutely, so we you got do. a nice little collection over there. Yeah, it's getting. Uh, if I ever move, I'm gonna have a problem. <laughs> Jennifer, show me the way. <laughs> so that is uh, our catch up because you see, guys, we're really friends. That's what we do we here. Are. <laughs> we, we are. We like each other. We are indeed. Uh, but we are going to take a look at the Star Wars news. A lot of stuff starting to pop up, Jennifer. It's getting juicy out there. Yes, there are some juicy bits. So StarWars.com gave us a closer look at the star pilots in the upcoming animated series, Star Wars Resistance. The Aces, as they're being called, are five of the top pilots on the Colossus platform who are hired to protect the base. But when there aren't any threats, they race for fun. Tora Doza, shoot, I I should have done the phonetic spelling. I think that's how it said. Tora Doza is the daughter of Captain Doza, and even though she She's the youngest of the crew. She's a gifted pilot. Her father's kind of sheltered her, so she's looking for a set of friends, and she finds a true friend in Kaz. Uh, Donald Faison plays ace pilot Hype Faison, (laughs) who is a little cocky, has a ton of sponsors on his ship, and is in it for the glamour, but he does care about his fellow racers, which shows that he has heart. Dave Filoni actually created this character specifically for actor and Star Wars superfan Donald Faison. He's awesome. Uh, Ace pilot Griff is the cranky old man of the group who is an ex-Imperial TIE fighter pilot and is voiced by the great Stephen Stanton. Uh, Griff is a little rough around the edges, but he's still out there looking for that one last great battle. Ace pilot Freya Fenris is super competitive and seems icy and cold at first, but she'll always have your back. And lastly, there's ace pilot Bo Keevil, who is like the evil Knievel of the group. He's like a stunt racer and he tends to crash a lot because he pushes it to the edge. Gain a little bit more, mm-hmm. learning more about the characters, seeing more of the show. What do you guys think? More excited? I more was of the same? about uh, 10 times more excited. Like oh, this yeah. was mm. super excited to me. Like I, I really liked that first trailer, but I had a few reservations. Uh, and I think there are so many things in this that I loved. The idea that they race in their spare time because they have to defend the Colossus. Mm. Yeah. That's another thing that points to like more um, real-world storytelling, more uh, adult storytelling of Colossus as a fuel ship. We've been mm. learning more and more that fuel is a resource. Mm. So knowing that, these, that that's going to be one of the threats and maybe why the First Order is poking around is like, we want to take that fuel. Uh, and just the excitement of these characters that they're fighter aces... Mm. Griff Halloran blew my mind. I mean, mm. we we know uh, Stephen, you mm. in particular, uh, Ken, but just that idea of connecting it more to the history of Star Wars, and that yeah, people who worked in the Empire might just be around, and you might he mm. it'll be so interesting. He's like, yeah, I just I was just doing my job. Like mm. that's a really interesting conversation. Yeah. 
no, you know, and just grumpy older man. So exciting to me. You know? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I am with uh, Joseph on this one. I uh, the first trailer, fine, but I, I mean, I think I said it on the show and at other spots, like I was like, cool. This might be the first Star Wars thing that I realize isn't specifically for me, and I'm excited for the those the, the young kids that are going to take to this. And I see this trailer and the characters. And the how it looks, the crash. You talk about that Kevil with Bo Kevil. Bo Kevil. He crashes. Yeah. It looked fantastic. And me, the Robotech fan, you've heard me talk about that show before. That's kind of a little bit. You know, they're on the SDF one, and they have to defend against the enemy. But in the meantime, they're got some downtime, and life happens, and love, and romances. And I'm like, oh, this is that kind of setup. Where yeah. whether it goes that way or how adult it gets, I'm not worried about that. This is going to be something fun to watch and uh yeah griff halloran i want that figure already the mask with like the skull painted on the tie fighter pilot mask yeah i'm excited more than i thought i'd be yeah all the characters look uh so cool and when i say adult i don't mean like oh good they're gonna be swearing i just mean (laughs) or that not even that they're gonna dig into these ideas too deep but i love how much espionage resources thing this is not just going to be one week they have a fight and then at the end they hug and freeze frame. Like I just think like it has to, (laughs) they can't avoid at least hints of these larger ideas. (laughs) Now I want the freeze frame. Me too. Uh, Grumpy Griff (laughs) Holleran. High five freeze. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Tape before a live studio audience. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I also noticed on the starwars.com databank, an exciting thing, they have their ships listed. So they just added these characters. They have their ships listed and making it even more anime inspired. They're all, a color and ace. That's their ship names. Oh, they're the red ace, the green ace, the blue ace, the yellow ace, and the black ace. Love that. And Griff Halloran is, of course, the black the ace. Black ace. Uh, so remember. that's that's very. We're yeah. really not. It's not lightly anime inspired. I mean, that's like yeah, straight up Voltron Power Rangers stuff yeah. of mm-hmm. like each of the fighters corresponds to a color. And it I, is really anime. That definitely. And I like the little Robotech too. You yeah, didn't not the colors, but you had. A blue, a red fighter, green fighter. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Captain Doza Do- yeah. is so similar to uh, Dolza, who was like the head Zentradi uh, Robotech villain. I was like, nice. ah, you oh. know, it's a, it's a letter off, but it works for me. Yeah, yeah. I was impressed. I, I'm excited about this show. And of course, I want to I'm hoping that my daughter will get into it. But I think it might be a little bit too much talking for her. <laughs> so I will enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I was surprised by how multifaceted the characters really seem. Yeah, there's kind of, you know, like, oh, there's an old cranky guy, but there's there's layers, and because they have these fantastic voice actors, I cannot wait to see what they bring to these roles to make them more complex. Yeah. Um, that's really exciting. Yeah. And unexpected for me. Yeah, it seemed like really breaking. Like, we're not just going to slot in Star Wars archetype. Right, Like, this is exactly. the Han type, this yes. is the young hero type, mm-hmm. this is the Leia type. Like, these are totally new characters when we have them really well-defined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Gotta love it. Okay, Solo is now available on digital download, which we'll talk more about later. Unfortunately, there is no audio commentary for the film, but screenwriter John Kasdan provided his own commentary on Twitter. He posted 52 facts and notes about the film. And there's a lot. I mean, there is really juicy. So I'm only going to talk about three things. Well, th- let's break it down. Okay, first one uh, is about how John Kasdan pays a lot of credit to Lord and Miller, the director. 
previous directors, mm-hmm. like that they came up with the speeder chase on Corellia, having Chewbacca be the beast on Mimban, the cape closet scene, the lodge at Fort Ipso was also their idea. Aaron Kellyman, uh, Emphis Ness was discovered by them and casting director Nina Gold. And L3 was a character conceived by Lord and Miller, Lawrence Kasdan, and John Kasdan. Were you surprised by how much of the final film Lord and Miller contributed to? And do you think that they didn't include this audio commentary because there was that change up? I think the audio commentary is a, could be just the we're going to release another version of this and mm, we want more money. Right. Uh, or it could be the like, yeah, let's get a little bit more distance before we have the, yep, here's what they came up with. Here's what they get. Like in the I think the rest of it makes it clear that that's it's cool that Lord Miller came up with things, but clearly some of them were still executed mm. by uh, Ron, Ron Howard. Howard. But it makes sense that some of the more really fun, vibrant comedy ideas, like let's lean into the cape thing. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I think it's, it's not it's so much like that cape closet scene, but I got the impression that it was, let's celebrate that he has capes. Right, There's the a cape closet on the Falcon and that's right. great. And that's obviously one of their strengths. And it's really cool to see it acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised that, that, that John Kasdan mentioned them as much as he, he did because I don't expect, and we're going to talk about special editions. I don't expect Disney at this point, probably for some sort of settlement agreement. Can't say mm. what, who's who in the zoo of, of how this movie got made. Uh, but they did contribute to it, right? And and, and they get credit as what executive producers, I yeah. believe, in the end oh, of it. Right. So to hear him say, like, yeah, no, this was theirs, this was that. But even like, uh, you know, Ron Howard bringing in uh, the creature in the in the castle run and stuff yeah. like that. Right. So uh, not that I need it divided up, but but you know, we hear rumors and this and that, and all exterior shots were still Lord and Miller's and everything. So to see it a little bit more and, and credit given. Uh, it's it's a tough process to make a, a movie at that level. Something I I, I get to experience at that level. Um, so to see that that John Caston has, has still has some loyalty to the the guys that helped bring the vision forward a little bit. That was that was I was pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So the second thing uh, is that I want to talk about is John believes that in retrospect, Tandy Newton quote may actually have been too good and too interesting as Val. Uh, end quote. The design of the story was that Beckett would lose his trusted crew members during the convex job, convex job, which would open the door for Lando, Kira, and L3 to join the crew. But in John's mind, Tandy is so compelling to watch that the death of her character, quote, feels a little like a cheat. It's an odd and unexpected problem that comes with working such amazing, uh, compelling actors in the Star Wars universe. You just want more of them, end quote. So there was some kerfuffle online about this particular thought point. I found myself getting a little upset. Well, I wanted to get what you guys think about this. Or if you even had any reaction, like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. I'm, I'm on the bummed out side about it. But if you want to go first, Ken. I, I, no, I, 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 I want to hear because I understand from my perspective what people might be upset about. But I don't think it's as simple as... You know, ah, he just phrased it wrong. You know, I think right. there's bigger things at play here. Mm, I think I've said before, right. I can't deny that. I've said before, I, I'm not surprised that the Val character died. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's a different different, different point of what is, is being made here. You know, exactly. I don't think it's as simple as the character should have died. I think it's there's other things at play. So I, I, I would love to hear what you say, Jennifer and, and Joseph, too, because I'd, like I'd like to learn. Yeah, I think what I found troubling was that... And I really like John Kasdan. I love Solo. And I obviously love Tandy Newton. Was that I was concerned that either he had not listened to everyone's criticism 
of Val. He had not like really kind of digested that and recognized it in the way that he did with L3 uh, that he you know he talked mm. about in this uh, 52 note thing. Um, I'm also concerned that he's maybe ignoring why fans found her story arc to be problematic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think he really gets it that, I mean, because you're right, there's bigger things at play with just having this female character basically only existing to advance Beckett's character, a male character. And then on top of that, you complicate it because you have a black woman in Star Wars, which is already a rarity, and then to like give her basically nothing to do. And it wouldn't have been so bad if they had not trotted her out during the, the press release as well. And I understand she's mm-hmm. a huge actress. So it's like all these things that made it, for me, a problematic character. And then I just felt like he was kind of, and I don't think he me- meant to, but it's like dismissive of that criticism. Like she's just so great. And so I understand why you guys want more of her, but that's not how her character. He did address it as directly as he did with the L3 stuff is what, is what I, yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Rather than, I don't know. And then, and this, and you can't have this kind of discussion on Twitter. I think that maybe somebody needs to talk to him and be like, (laughs) first, okay, here's the, here's like the (laughs) racial things that are going on with this character. Here's also now the female problems that we're getting into with just stories in general. Um, yeah, 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 that that makes sense. Yeah. No, it I, makes sense. Yeah, I felt like um, I, 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 it is uh, a learning opportunity for a lot of people, uh, yeah, right, including right. John Kasdan. I'm with you. Like, I, I love Solo with the caveats of I wish that some of the uh, character arcs for the women had been resolved differently. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that bothers me is like, yeah, I love that in the L3 one. He's like, I understand there's a lot of dis- d- discussion. Here are two different essays you can yeah. you can read. I think that's a great position to take as a writer instead great. of fighting about it going, Go have a discussion. Mm, mm. Uh, and I feel like what bothered me about this is him saying the problem is Tandy Newton is awesome. It's too good. It's too good. And like, yeah, that's a part of it that the actor is really, really charming and compelling and super famous. And you can't know that when you're going to write something. But for me, it bothers me from a writerly perspective that I feel like writers need to take responsibility from the very beginning of the project. Yep. And you're you, as a writer, you are choosing the genders of your character. I don't know if they chose uh, her race. I don't know if they specified that this was going to be yeah. a black woman or if that was a matter of casting. Right. But certainly in the writing process, they were choosing gender. And I feel like it's a little bit of a cop out for uh, him to say, I couldn't think. I think writers should be able to think ahead about how do, how do all the gender dynamics work in this story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have I'm introducing uh, four new major women characters of Val, Kira, L3, and uh, Enfys Nest. Mm, right. And Enfys Nest, we only really see who she is at the very end of the film. And then she goes on to have an interesting life. Kira ends on a mysterious and ambiguous note, which she addresses later. Uh, and then the other two are immensely charming and then just killed immediately. Right. And I think that, to me, is what is problematic. And I feel like uh, writers should be able to look ahead and say... Yeah, for the point of the story, I want this character, you know, to be taken out of out of the mix. But that's what write, writing is balancing a million different things, and I feel like that should be in the mix. And I feel like writers should take responsibility for the decisions they make at the outset. Thank you for articulating script. it perfectly. That's what I was trying to say. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Ditto. Just go. Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> uh, and it makes sense. All, everything you're saying makes sense to me, especially as a, as a writer now. Um, I, I have a project worked on working on now with a group of guys, and we started working on 2009. 
It's amazing to go back and look at our decisions in 2009 and go, mm. ah, we have to make different ones. Yeah. And and that's part of, number one, hopefully growth as a, as a content creator, but as a human in society too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, 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 I get what you're saying on that that point, yeah. Yeah, and everyone can everyone can learn. I'm, I'm constantly learning, and, and it's like once I suddenly my eyes have been open to this. I'm like, Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not what I want from my, from my female characters. That's not, you know, and you could switch it with Beckett. Tanny Newton could have been Beckett. See how that would have played out. There's a lot of possibilities. Moving on. <laughs> uh, oh, the last thing John Kasdan shared is that he'd love to do a sequel with Alden Ehrenreich, uh, Jonas. Yeah. Yeah. Jonas, uh, Amelia, Donald and the gang, if he could, but the challenge is more to do with the foreign box office than the U S box office. He also believes that there are great star Wars movies to be made that don't need to cost as much as solo did. So he hopes that there will be, um, maybe a new trend in the future of making smaller star Wars films. And if that's the case, perhaps they will allow them to make another solo story. Do you guys think this will be a trend? <laughs> streaming service. That's what I mean. Serv- I'm yeah. hoping. Uh, look, and I, I'll, I'll defer to Joseph here because I know mm. you and I have talked about smaller stories. And, and the problem with Solo was the budget because whether it was the reshoots and everything, it ballooned to nearly a $300 million movie. And that's why it's considered a loss. But if if you had gone back at that, maybe if the reshoots hadn't happened, right? Yeah. We're looking at a smaller budget and a bigger success. Yeah. And I mean, I look at some of the scenes that I love in Solo and like, Man, if half that movie had taken place in uh, Dryden Voss's office, <laughs> like almost like a sitcom, like Dryden Voss's <laughs> office is Cheers, and oh people come gosh. through and they have fights in there, and they like, man, that would have that would be compelling to me. I don't want super low budget yeah. Star Wars movies, but I feel like with a lot of creativity, there is ways to be just as compelling, just as exotic, and not be as mm-hmm. uh, expensive. So, man, I want that. I want that so much. You can pack a punch. Go to season one of of Game of Thrones. The budget was very small. Now it looks better now, but better isn't always good for some people. Uh, though I do like some later stuff. But yeah, if you go to season one, they're working on we painted a cardboard wall behind us <laughs> and look at the impact that had. Yeah. So right. Star Wars can do that. Yeah, so maybe that. maybe the live action TV show is the start of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's I really would love to get a sequel, and and I do wonder if they actually had planned for a sequel i mean i can imagine if it did like amazing numbers mm-hmm. they, they may have what yeah. do you guys think i mean i think you know we'll talk more about it in the whole big uh, picture of the behind the scenes but i think you know what's been really great about john kazan's list and that whole thing is just a reminder of how many cooks are in a kitchen right. with a movie and they bring in different perspectives and my answer to that question is John Kasdan has an idea for the sequel. Oh, yeah. exactly. And I'm yeah, yeah. thrilled by it, and yeah. I want to see it. Uh, and before we move on from, from this point, I want to be sure to say, I think this list was awesome. Me too. There were literally two of his points that that bugged me, and yeah. the rest I thought was all really interesting and insightful, and mm-hmm. I, I'm really uh, grateful that he takes the time to share these insights. Yeah. And we're, and we're going to rank it. Joseph and I are yes. going to do a Star Wars Ranked coming out this uh, this weekend of our favorite items off the list yeah. to talk about. Right. Them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it should be, it, it's okay to enjoy something and still discuss certain parts of it and still enjoy it. Yeah. Right, <laughs> exactly. That's what I think. Yeah. In, in these times, please, Internet. Yes, yes. <laughs> By no, the way, I, I saw one response. To, uh, one response. Oh, yeah. Some guy said, well, this list shows this movie was just a bunch of I, uh, I, I crazy ideas and not a story. Like that person oh doesn't know how to write, make a movie, <laughs> does not know how to make a movie. <laughs> John responded back to him great. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, okay, 
Ray Park stopped by the, this is the last story. Ray Park stopped by the official Star Wars show and shared how he got the call from Lucasfilm asking if he'd reprise his character of Maul for Solo, a Star Wars story. He shared that after he got the call, he immediately started training day and night, not to get big, but to be ready. Of course, he wouldn't end up doing any stunts in the scene, uh, but he also said that while filming his scene, director Ron Howard let him do it his way a few times, and then he synced up his performance with Sam's voice for a few other takes. And when he finally saw the film for the first time at the premiere, Ray Park said Ewan McGregor, who was sitting next to him, was ecstatic when Maul appeared on screen. He was like grabbing him and saying, yeah, yeah, well done, yeah. So much so that Ray Park was like, okay, hold on, I want to see my performance. (laughs) I just love that. I feel like... A lot of people are excited for Maul's return, but also for Ray Park's return. And yeah. just, I think that it's, it's really kind of neat. Like, that's, By the way, that's like having uh, breakfast with Scott Mance. Oh, really? He won't stop hugging you. You're like, can I just enjoy my <laughs> omelet, man? <laughs> um, but it's yeah. just so cool. I, I feel like it's, uh, yeah, everyone, it's a Star Wars family. And so when, yeah. the, when the Star Wars people get welcomed back, it's like, hooray, yeah. you're back. Yeah, just yeah. the the weight of that of you know we've talked a lot about the summer of '99 that scene of Obi Wan and Darth Maul fighting. No matter what else you thought, you're like that's amazing. And then to think of them almost 20 years later in a theater, yeah. whooping and hollering because oh Maul gosh. is back is just amazing. Right? Oh, man, it kind of makes you. Th- th- yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, oh, that yeah. Obi Wan movie. I know. That's what I thought of too. That's yeah. what I thought it's of great. too. He's Please, Obi-Wan. Uh, yeah. ha- happy, too, that Ray Park gets a little bit of, the, of this victory tour, too. Yeah. Quite frankly, he was the only uh, performer from the movie who went on the, the DVD Blu-ray press tour. Mm. Uh, the only one, and uh, which also just also speaks to schedules more than anything. But I was glad he got to do that. And yeah, absolutely. Got to soak it in again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that is the news. Uh, there's yeah, a lot. There's, yeah, a lot juicy of juicy stuff. Boy. Juicy stuff from Aces to Kasdan to Maul. And before we get into our big topic today, which is the bonus stuff, the bonus features from the Solo A Star Wars Story digital release, we'd like to recommend an audio book to you. Joseph, our choice today is... The Solo Novelization, because why not? It's all solo all the time right now. Go <laughs> tell your friends. Listen to the solo audio book. Absolutely. To download your free audio book today, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book. It helps the show directly. All right. We got a lot of stuff. I mean, like two hours yeah. of bonus content. Joseph... Could you take us through it? Absolutely. I just want to start with the big picture and just hear about your adventures because we we have all, I think, been on that same page of not uh, wanting to get the digital version, but then we do because <laughs> we don't want to wait. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. Jennifer is, is happy with it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, did you guys rewatch the film or jump right into the... Uh, the extras. I uh, gladly purchased the digital. Remember when the last Jedi one came out, and I was like, and Joseph sent me a nice email, like, "Look, I'm with you too. We just we got to do this. We have to do this. <laughs> we can't wait. We two have weeks to, to talk <laughs> about it." And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right." Um, purchased it. I was out of town this weekend, so I was at my my folks' house up in Pismo Beach, and I was in the guest bedroom, and it was like midnight, and I purchased. <laughs> I was, oh God, I got to purchase it. I was like, I'll watch a little bit of the special edition, but the movie auto plays, right? You put it in. I got. I get mine on Amazon Prime. Movie starts playing. And the opening lines, I'm like, I mean, I'll just watch the first scene. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours later, watch the whole movie again. Yeah. Wow. With headphones on. Time. Yeah. Yep. Lala, headphones on like I was 14 in my room, not trying not to <laughs> wake my parents up. That's awesome. And then the next day, I watch all the special features. And then even last night, same thing. Kind of, I watch half the movie. 
Okay. Like one in the morning. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, wow. I was I was anxious to jump in, but my wife was just like, I really need to see this movie again right now. Right. Like, all right, wow, you got great. it then. This is going to be a two-night experience for us. So you rewatch the movie and then the, uh, the extras, which I think really enhanced them. And Jennifer, I know you are always uh, balancing your incredibly busy schedule. So did you get a chance to... Uh, yeah. rewatch the actual movie? I did not, not yet, but I will say that this process was much smoother than previous um, releases. Mm. I was like, okay, which version do I need to get? You know, right. So I basically just bought it off of iTunes mm. and it seemed like, I think th- there's only the Target that seems to be the only exclusive, yes. Right, exactly. I could be wrong. But. Which made me happy because I feel like, I forget which one it was, where it was like, this one has this one, uh, and this target has yeah. that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss out on all the extras. That was not the case this time. I was very happy about that. Yeah, yeah, it was all smooth. Yeah, very smooth. I have smooth. no clouds to yell at as, a, <laughs> as an older man, so <laughs> it all worked out for me this time around. Uh what were your overall reactions to, we'll, we'll dive into the details of each, each extra, each deleted scene, but what was your overall as the package, as like the two hours of extras, do you feel like it was better than Last Jedi, Rogue One, Force Awakens? Was there an overall mood? What was your general reaction? Yeah. Yeah, Jen? I was pleasantly surprised by how much they gave us. And I felt like, uh, um, obviously, it's not going to be as much as The Last Jedi or The Force Awakens, but it gave me, I felt satisfied at the end. I got some behind-the-scenes look at them making models and a little, I would love to have just a whole package on the sound and how oh, they yeah. worked. Because there were, there were glimpses of it, and I'm like, oh, give, give me more of that. Show me them recording the bear, you know? Yeah, please, I, two hours of bear recording. I I'd just love that. Like, I want to really dive into the n- nerdy aspects of that. I'm partial to the walrus recording. <laughs> well, actually. Well, fans can disagree respectfully. <laughs> I'm a bear person. You're a walrus person. That's yeah. Fine. But I, I just loved it, and I love the cast roundtable, which we'll talk about. Yeah, the cast roundtable was a real highlight. Ken, what was your overall reaction? Any favorites? Uh, we will uh, we'll have uh, that cast roundtable. is going to be an interesting discussion then. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, um, way better than Force Awakens and Rogue One. <laughs> I need to rewatch the Force Awakens special features. Um, I don't know which version I bought because, again, <laughs> right. um, we were talking about off-air. I don't recall Rogue One having as much stuff. Nope. Uh, Last Jedi, the director in the Jedi, is an amazing documentary I've watched three times now. Wow. And and just love it. Um, so I, I knew it wasn't going to surpass that. What's interesting is that uh, we'll talk about But overall, one of my reactions was, wow, these special features, these little mini docs are fantastic are they part of a larger doc that was being made that can no longer be made because it's in depositions? Oh, wow. <laughs> or wasn't part of an arbitration hearing or something? Because there's a lot of things. And there's one shot in one of them where Kira has on a different hat. Yes, I saw that. And I was like, oh, that's some, that is oh, different. Oh, yeah. The I mystery saw that. of Kira's yes. hat. I missed yes. Kira's hat. I got to yes. look so It looks like again. a Last Crusade, Dr. Elsa, Elsa Snyder meets Blade Runner. Femme fatale hat is what yeah. I would call it, right? Nice. At the lodge, right? At the lodge. Yeah, it's I noticed that. And I was like, oh, that's that's definitely Lord Miller stuff, right? Yeah, I, think. I don't know. see that femme fatale hat. Yeah, but uh, uh, cool. I loved everything about these special features. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I felt like what was really cool about them, uh, I liked the round table, which I can't wait to get into that. Uh, <laughs> overall, the, they had such a sense of fun and exploration. And yes. I know it is the documentarian's job to put a, a rosy spin on everything. But it just seemed like everyone was so engaged in having fun 
making this movie, especially yes. a movie that, you know, it reportedly had troubles. Just like the person recording the bear seemed happy. Yeah. Yeah. The person uh, designing the conveyor seemed thrilled with it. And I think one of the interesting things about this was I didn't realize how much was real or mm. had elements yes. of yes. real. I, I kept just making notes and I just like I keep rewriting the word real. But like I didn't realize that they built the speeder, uh, the M68, and were racing it around. Incredible. I didn't realize. Uh, I mean, I knew that L3 was mm. real, but I didn't realize how functionally some of the movements yeah. are totally just like that's what Phoebe Waller-Bridge did. Uh, the real costume. Yeah, was oh my amazing. Gosh, yes. That was like that's, freaky. It was freaky. Yeah. yeah, it was this uncanny valley. Like yeah. you can go as a really detailed Rio for Rio, Halloween. Rio's got dead eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are those eyes under there? And like that, ex- the the uh, quaxium explosion. I would have never thought that was an actual. It was amazing. Yeah, mini explosion. Mini explosion that they. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was so cool. So there was a sense of like. This is fun and real. Yeah. And again, maybe some of that is a little manufactured because it's behind the scenes and they want to put a, a rosy picture on it, but it, mm-hmm. it felt genuine. Yeah. Mm. And I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get into some of the big ideas and then we'll go into the, the minutia. One of the things that really grabbed me about the extras that I want to be sure to get your thoughts on is just whether it was intentional or not in the construction of this, how strong the theme of generations is, mm. both in the story and behind the scenes, uh, all the behind the scenes stuff. Obviously, in the story, it's you know you got Beckett teaching young Han. Yeah, Chewie is older than Han. All, all this sort of typical generational themes in Star Wars. But having Ron Howard and George Lucas kind of have this different perspective and have John Kasdan really call it out—that mm-hmm. there are these older guys who kind of look at it this way. I look at it as a Star Wars nerd. And then you go to the round table, and like the younger actors, like Alden and Donald, are like kind of Star Wars nerds up to a point. Definitely, yeah. And then Tandy Newton is like, my kids like it. And Woody Harrelson (laughs) is obviously like a guy who's like, yeah, I saw Star Wars once, right? Yeah, yeah. and I got in trouble by taking this role because I had to be away from home for nine more months. Yeah, Yeah, like that's like all the more he's like, yeah, it's it's Star Wars, sure, whatever. Let me talk about my problems at home. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, So there's like a lot of that, obviously the relationship between John and Larry. How How did it make you feel? How did you react to that? It stood out to me, this is why I love that you brought this up, stood out to me really, really strongly at one point, and it's not just this movie, but this is the first time I really, and it might be because you're happy, Beeps, Jennifer, which is great, the Ben Burt one, to hear Matthew Wood, who's grievous, who's part of the history of Star Wars, be in charge and be like, yeah, you know, like the original guy that did it, Ben, we went out and, and I was like, I know. oh, wow, yeah, he's, this is yeah. new people making this stuff, Yeah, which is, which is fine because I'm loving the results. But that was the first time I was like, ah, you, t- you tell me Ben couldn't go record that walrus? <laughs> yeah. Know. And not to get bitter about it. Yeah. Things change. People change. Times change. But um, uh, that was where I really felt it. Yeah. And the, no Peter Mayhew as an advisor. Yeah. No shots of Peter Mayhew visiting the set. The yeah. page has just been turned. And that's one where physically Peter Mayhew can't, can't do yeah. it anymore. Mm. Uh, so it, it's, yeah, it's both exciting to see like the youth in the vibrance. Yeah. Uh, but then a little bittersweet to be like, oh, yeah, where's Ben Burt? Where's Peter Mayhew? And they can't or won't be here for some reason. We it, don't know with Ben Burt, right? Yeah. yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. It, I had the same reaction, uh, the same exact reaction with the Ben Burt thing. And I just was like, oh, why couldn't he be there? But the the other sound uh, designer, oh, I can't Tim, Tim, Tim Nielsen, I think his name was. Yes, yes, I believe so. 
His energy, his enthusiasm and excitement got me excited. And Jonas portraying Chewie, how physically agile he is. The stunts that he could do because of his sports background that Mm. obviously Peter Mayhew could never do. So it was very bittersweet where I'm like, oh, I, I miss my old crew, like, it's, I don't know what I was expecting, like some some baton being passed, mm. but uh, it was it was hard and then also exciting yeah. to see this new cast and see these new relationships and this new team come together. Yeah, and just that that rhythm with the story of Star Wars with real life where Yoda's like, pass on what you have learned. Like, mm-hmm. well, Peter Mayhew did. He did. Yeah. To this young, vibrant, funny, thrilling guy who's just giving Chewie so much life, mm. but never would have or could have if Peter Mayhew had not. Yeah. created it and passed on what he had learned. Exactly. And, and, and I, I think it's important to know, like when I say it's it's bittersweet, it's, it's a good thing. Like yeah. it's part of it. And, and, and Yoda's lesson is for all of us, yeah. really. We are what, we, what they grow beyond. And, and so it's not a bad thing. And again, Matthew Wood has Star Wars in his DNA. He's mm-hmm. been there for yeah, He's the old generation years. at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, he really right, is. Exactly. He really is. It's, it's not a bad thing, but it's just, it's definitely there. You feel it. You feel it. And, and that's, that's, that's part of what Solo's about. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another big thing I wanted to talk about is what the overall extras created in terms of the picture of Ron Howard's involvement. Like, I thought that the overall thing had this really light touch where every once in a while, the problem was referred to. <laughs> uh, but nobody nobody dwelled on it, but nobody tried to deny it uh, either. And that was the general perspective. But then we get all these shots of, well, we physically see Ron Howard shooting this. Or somebody yes. said Ron Howard did this with the speeder. Uh, yeah. So you really got a picture of like some of the scenes where people are like, oh, that must have been Lord and Miller because that sounded like an improv line. It's like, nope, because there's Ron Howard yeah. right there. Unless maybe they reshot the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, who knows? Uh, what did you think about the picture created of Ron Howard's level of involvement? Oh, Jennifer's got <laughs> a face. My face? Jen- I'm Jen- not even you had a, make a you face. Had a bemused <laughs> smirk. <laughs> you had, you, yeah. Uh, oh like, my gosh, my poker face. I don't have one. Okay. Uh, no, I f- no sabak face here. Yeah. I was actually, I felt like this was the least amount of Ron Howard's image mm. uh, in this whole behind the scenes stuff. I was actually looking for Lord and Miller because I'm like, Where's the director? Like, and they would show Bradford Young, yeah. you know, on uh, uh, um, in the Dol- Dolmites or whatever. And and I'm like, well, who's who's the director there? Mm. Is, I mean, was it just Bradford like doing that? If it was noticeable, mm. it was very noticeable to me. And yeah, Ron was there, obviously, but it's it did kind of feel like the elephant in the room. Um, but I thought that they did a good job. Yeah, I guess if I'm just comparing it to Rogue One, seeing Gareth Edwards. You know, constantly there, or obviously JJ or Brian Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but the Rogue One now, at this point, with the amount of uh, information, if if we are to believe all the reports, is even more of a just don't look over there. Right. Mm -hmm. And we know that somebody else was on set redoing massive, massive amounts of stuff. And this is at least a little bit more honest of like, maybe it's legal, maybe it's just being delicate of like, yeah. We shifted the frame of this over, so it's just Bradford Young. And don't see Lord Miller. Yes, that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, I think with Gareth, look, Gareth Edwards simply pl- he played ball. He said, "Yes, I will. I will acquiesce to your. I will sit in the corner, but get credit." And that's part of the reason we're here. And Lord Lord Miller didn't want to play ball in some kind of way. So it is weird to sit there and watch Bradford Young. Like, what do you think? And he's just staring. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know, exactly. Um, Maybe Ben Burt was off camera. Yeah, Ben, ben Burt was off <laughs> oh camera. George was there. But uh, to see, and, and I was very 
interested, and I think we had kind of already known it, but, but to see that on Ron Howard's first day, George Lucas showed up. Right. Yes. And what part of that was, let's just bring George, maybe Kathleen saying, now's the best time for you to stop by to calm things down. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to be focused on Ron Howard's first day. They're going to be focused on George Lucas showed up. Right. And to see kind of calm, to calm everything down. And I th- that's why, again, I go to for this situation, I don't know all the inside stuff. I don't. But I think Ron Howard was a great choice because he is the veteran, dependable, aw shucks kind of guy who comes in and goes, all right, all right, let's just have a good time and we'll finish this. Right. And that's what they needed in that moment. Yeah. And I think that did show for me yeah. as best as they could. Yes. Yeah. I think I had this sort of opposite reaction, not about Lord and Miller's uh, disappearance, uh, <laughs> remo- removal from the documentary, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think I focused more on how much Ron Howard was there. Mm. And clearly, mm-hmm. either he, uh, many of these things weren't shot or he reshot and reimagined. And to me, it just made it feel more like, uh, when I watched the movie, I I don't perceive any sort of like, oh, this was stitched together. Like, uh, I have that experience with watching Justice League. Like, right, I right, can right. feel the the push pull um, of a different of different sensibilities, and I just don't feel any of that in Solo. It feels like when I watch it, mm-hmm. Ron Howard's movie, or to be more specific, it feels like the Kasdan's movie that Ron Howard came in and executed the hell out of. I think that's right. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely one hundred percent right. This is still a Ron Howard movie. I don't want to give any impression that I think that he just came in and, and, and finished what it was started. I, I think you're right. I think he came in and it just was tumultuous. And, and, and it, it is the Kasdan's moving in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's a collaborative process. Yeah. But yeah. And, and I think you're right. I was surprised. I was surprised at the amount of times I saw him on set. Yeah. 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 That, so I thought that was awesome. All right. Let's get into the actual features, starting with Solo the director in the cast round table. Mm. We've, uh, we've hinted that there might be some conflict here among <laughs> no. us. Uh, I thought it was amazing. Uh, Ken, what did you think? I do like it. I want to start that <laughs> off. Oh, I do oh, like boy. it. However, these things always make me chuckle. First of all, it's very hard to get all those actors who are very busy in mm-hmm. one place. That is tremendously hard. A couple times there's some shots where Amelia Clark was clearly asleep. Like, like you could just I see know. her in her brain. She was like, I got to get back to... The set of Game of Thrones. <laughs> and so I was chuckling a lot of that, yeah. where it just didn't, like, to get them all, That w- that's quite a feat. I wasn't expecting anything deep. Ron Howard's moderating this thing, and so there was a couple times I would I, I would have wanted to go a little deeper. So, But that's that doesn't mean it's bad. It's okay. entertaining to, to get their response. And I thought Thandy, uh, I always always say Thandy, but it's Tandy. Uh, I thought her take on how she created that character was really powerful. Oh, my gosh. The story yes. of, of, and I'm like, who is this? Oh, it's her mother. That's yeah. a woman wow. that's told that story. Yes. To Oof. start with. Well, it's this uh, freedom fighter who had hair like, and it was yeah. my mother. Like, oh damn. My yeah, it was a, a powerful, well-told yep. story. Um, uh, yeah. Sorry. And then the final thing that no, I, no, no. Is, uh, I loved Woody Harrelson casually saying his friend Matthew, which we've got to assume is Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I know. He dropped that. I, I, I think told it, my friend Matthew about it. Yeah, yeah. we were uh, driving in a Lincoln. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jennifer, what was your reaction to this? I liked it. Yeah. I did not love it. I love roundtables. I watch all of the Hollywood Reporter roundtables that they do. I soak that up. This, I wanted it to be, like you're saying, a little bit deeper. But I felt like what was interesting, two things was that two things were at play. You have the young cast, you have Alden and Donald and Jonas, who clearly had like formed this kind of friendship 
together. And then you have the rest of the cast, which are seasoned veterans. They're busy. They've got things to do. And they just kind of were like, I don't know. It just didn't feel like they had as much of a relationship. And I think it's because, you know, they're all shooting different days and they're not seeing each other. And so. Yeah. I mean, they're from really different places. Like, you know, Woody Harrelson, like will go down, you know, in the record books as one of these stars of TV and film of right. like of our generation. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge is super successful in the UK and kind yeah. of beginning her career. Like they're coming from so many different places mm-hmm. and I think uh, you know, being involved in the industry, though that there's a lot of dynamics at that table, right? Yeah. Right. And so I was surprised that there weren't more like, hey, remember that time that you did blah, 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 which is what I always love when we see mm-hmm. these kinds of round tables is when people like talk about their, the, the fun times on set or the experiences that they had. And there wasn't really that. Yeah. Because for various reasons, like I mentioned. Yeah. I still thought there was more chemistry than yes. uh, other features. So I, I liked it because, uh, you know, as much as there are so many great interviewers out there who do a great job interviewing uh, the actors, it was kind of nice to not have anyone from the outside. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they ha- they all had this experience, whether they were vociferous about it yeah. or not. But it seemed like they were a little bit more relaxed because it was their director basically doing a light podcast with them. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, it's their director. So they, you know, it, yeah. you could have a super fan doing that. Yeah. who might be an amazing interviewer, but you're probably not going to get as much out of Woody Harrelson. And like Ron Howard can say, Woody, come on, give me a, yeah. give me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that was nice that you got a little bit more sense of camaraderie and a little less, um, a little bit more honest answers yeah. and a little bit more just, we're just shooting the breeze. And yeah. that was refreshing to me. There, there was a great moment to, to the chemistry point. I thought I was glad to see, Alden and Donald seem to really get along and have that friendly rivalry. But but uh, Phoebe and Donald seem to have a little moment where they were like, oh, it's like they had to, yes. you know, connect. Uh, and it's weird because Paul Bettany's talking. I'm like, I wonder if anyone ever, like, was on set with him <laughs> other than uh, Amelia and Alden. You know, like, know. Donald oh, yeah. might not yeah. have been there. But yeah, they come by and stop by some of the sets. Clearly, they've talked about that Donald saying I was there for the chewy um, f- mud fight. The mud fight, yeah. Um, so I'm not, you know, but it's, it's sometimes weird to think, you know, Paul Bettany might not have even met any of these people to the premiere. You know, yeah. so the, so some of that is at play. Yeah, mm, yeah. Right. I mean, and it, it is just different personalities are more open and share more, you know, and uh, I, a couple of, I love the detail that Alden couldn't tell anybody, but felt he should do something. So he went on a roller coaster (laughs) alone by himself. (laughs) And then when Donald said, that is the most Alden thing I've ever heard. (laughs) You do get this picture of this guy who is like, uh, one of these annoying guys like, Oh, incredibly talented, charming, devastatingly handsome, and also sort of a tortured poet. (laughs) Screw you. You You can't be all those things. You jerk. Yeah, That that was actually a great moment from Donald. Yeah. Yeah. That is so great. And then I think a little thing that is big to Star Wars fans, is when Alden said he had met Lucas again after yeah. the whole process and how much Lucas is into the movie. Mm. Great. I think yeah. we've heard some sort of boilerplate mm. stuff from Lucas, but this seems like the kind of movie that he just wanted to see when he made Star Wars. Right. So to get a confirmation from Alden, that was pretty cool. Yes. And I love how they said that George said that, uh, or that Harrison told, Harrison Ford said that he didn't create the character. George did. Yeah. That was great. Which, it's great because it's so Harrison because on one hand you're like, 
yes, great. And other, you could almost hear Harrison go, I didn't do it. George did. <laughs> exactly. Right, exactly. Is it just a throwaway or is it deeper than yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, but, but no, it's a great, because you get a sense that Harrison ain't lying either when he says Alden made some great choices. Harrison is an actor, man. Yes. He's an actor. He doesn't he, lie. He's not no. concerned about Star Wars. He no. is an actor. When I hear him say, Alden made great choices and I love what he did, I, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The last thing I love, because I thought it was honest, was Ron Howard describing this decision, making it with his wife, oh, and yeah. then referencing the moment at the end of The Graduate where the reality <laughs> of what they've done and they don't know how to face the future sets in. Yeah. And for him to liken that is like, that's more honest because obviously he had to project, I'm going to come in, I'm going to get this done. But for him to be on this and for them to let them say that, they're like, yep, I totally had a. I've made a terrible mistake moment. I, well, uh, Arrested Development season, what is it, five, six, the last one that just came on Netflix. So, uh, you know, I'm a fan uneven, but the, my, the highlight of the season was the Howard family picnic. <laughs> and I just could not get that out of my head as he's talking. I just, because it just seems like we, I was putting on the potato salad and the whole family was around. I'm going to make a Star Wars movie. And I, just, <laughs> I just couldn't, I couldn't separate the two. That is hilarious. All right, let's dive into uh, the rest of the extras. So they were almost all little mini featurettes that were combined with credits at the end as though they were one big documentary so that was interesting let's just march through them Kasdan on Kasdan any uh, big reactions to that one fascinated by this one there I'm fascinated by the Kasdan's I love the Kasdan's yeah Yeah. it's a weird dynamic John and Larry I'd watch that sitcom I would absolutely because they sound I mean look I know I walk like my dad I don't know if I sound like my dad you know (laughs) get your dad on the podcast I I looked at my dad this week and I'm like I'm starting to shuffle like him oh no Um, but to hear like they sound the same but 40 years apart (laughs) you know Larry wanted Um, I'm fascinated with it but I thought there was some insightful stuff and insightful we keep getting this thing with Lawrence kind of maybe somewhat confidently going, I don't know, I created Star Wars with, I was one of the four people that built this. I don't pay attention to all this other stuff. <laughs> and John kind of going, yeah, my dad doesn't know what, you know, <laughs> this the nerd is. Stuff, nerd yeah. stuff. I thought it was great. And their their take on um, uh, a lot of stuff, I think a lot of stuff with the train heist, I, I really like their take on it. But I just like to see the dynamics and the fact that they fought and that they battled like any other creative team. Yeah. Um, and there's something sweet to me, too, that, that gruff old Lawrence would want to do this with his his son, who's a Star Wars fan. I, I do enjoy that. And, and and we joke, my final thought, I, we joke a lot about John referring to him as Larry. I can get John, who's had his whole career before this. He's written a lot of things before this. You know, it's a touchy thing. You don't, When do you say I'm Lawrence Kasdan's son and when do you not say it in your, yeah. in your mm-hmm. career? And it's something that he had to deal with probably. And Lawrence Kasdan makes a point to say, John had been writing and out there writing and directing, so I was interested in doing something with him. Yes. Not just because he's my son, but because yeah. he was staking his own claim. You know? yeah. what, what were your reactions to this, Jennifer? I think I love Solo so much because it is this mixture of Lawrence Kasdan's purest OT, you know, <laughs> way, and also John Kasdan's more like us way, you know, in yeah. the, inside that nerd bubble, bubble, knowing everything and wanting to be sure that it's all canon and whatnot. That's why I think Solo works fo- so well for me. The biggest takeaway was, can you imagine being John Kasdan on Christmas <laughs> growing up? What was that like? That was my only annoyance with him. He <laughs> just gets all the Kenner toys. All yeah. the Kenner toys. Every Christmas they send us a box. Yeah, yeah that Ooh. was like, yeah. oh I my god! I got a Bespin security guard for one Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Just want to see uh, those. I got the Hoth Rebel soldier because my mom <laughs> thought he was Luke. <laughs> <laughs> no, no box. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> 
My mom tried. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, I thought this was really interesting because I know it's a thing that 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 fans ha- can have really strong perspectives on. Mm-hmm. That uh, I, I, it was cool to have John Kasdan be super aware of. I am the nerd who knows mm-hmm. the minutia, mm-hmm. uh, but I respect that my dad and George Lucas are these kind of architect guys who are like, ah, I don't, I don't care, whatever. We're we're building the structure. Yeah. And if if the nerds want to come in and do the super important interior design, yeah, like we're kind of interested in the you know putting the pillar here. Yeah. And then John Ken's like, well, yeah, but no, everybody will hate this room unless, yeah, yeah. Mm. unless this specific thing is hanging on the wall. Unless the Wookiee lamps in the corner. Unless the Wookiee lamp right. is in the corner, because yeah. that, and I think both of those perspectives are valuable and and build this beautiful house. I'm, I'm obsessed with amazing interiors. So yeah, you know, everything yeah, clearly, is about yeah, design. Uh, <laughs> as well, yeah, that's a great point because some of the choices in the backstory of Han aren't some fans are getting caught up on and I'm I'm not this isn't a negative thing um but to hear Lawrence Kasdan and and, and kind of be like yeah no this is Han's nature this is the the choosing of his last name means Mm. this and and the meeting and 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 they're not concerned no one was concerned maybe even Lord Miller I think the 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 Chewie being the beast kind of came from them too no one was concerned about what uh, the X's and O's of this play? Just like no, this would this makes sense to yeah. us as the storytellers, and I yeah. like that. Me yeah. too. My final thought on this one is just another reminder of just hearing Lawrence Kasdan say it again that this movie is not uh, a cynical cash grab. It is yeah. Kathleen Kennedy saying, "Hey, one of the creators of Star Wars, as yep. we know it, what would you like to do, Han Solo?" Yeah, like <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that's why this movie exists. Great point. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. Remaking the Millennium Falcon. Uh, any strong reactions to that one? Mm. It's almost emotional. Yeah. Just yeah. To see what they've done, you know, in Last Jedi and Force Awakens as well too, because we know the door was real. Just has Harrison's ankle. Um, <laughs> but to see it, this and to see to really have Phoebe Waller Bridge say for a second, I thought I was there. Yeah, that's amazing to me. Oh yeah, another thing that was real. Those projections of the yes. screen. Yeah. I love that. I love that because yeah. it makes uh, going back to even like prequels or The Hobbit or anything where you you hear the story of Ian McKellen breaking down on set because he doesn't know what he's acting against. And you're always going to have some level of that, clearly. Look at the train high sequence. But to have these actors on this cockpit to actually feel it, it that absolutely makes the performance better. Yeah, absolutely. Jennifer, your reaction to this one? Oh, my gosh. This one, to me, was like, oh, this is what I've been waiting for, seeing them build the little model, taping it together, the level of detail with those headphones. I, I mean, it yeah. just was Great like... Great point, yes. Everything, uh, the, how they added a spoiler on the back, how they looked at Aunt Beru's kitchen and the Urso kitchen. They're looking back to the older films as reference for creating the design inside this Falcon. To me, it's just it's just so exciting. And then to envision what that would be like as an actor, feeling totally immersed. You don't have to act. Yeah. You just have to live. Yeah, you're just walking around on the Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. The headphone thing, I didn't, I was, if I was aware of that, I forgot because that yeah. was, I was like, holy, wow. Yeah. These guys like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Han Solo and Lando yeah. have boss speakers. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The detail also that, Parts of the set, I, I think I understood this correctly, that parts of the set were the Falcon that they've been using for the sequel trilogy that yes. they covered up with the yeah. fans. It was like, yeah. that is another level of that sort of uh, the reality reflecting mm. the fiction of Star Wars. And also just this picture of these creators now getting to the point of like, yeah, we make Star Wars movies every year, sometimes more right. than every year. And, you know, 
this is our falcon. We all know it because yeah. we live with it. That mm. that's that's powerful too. And then just that shot of uh, George coming on the set that was oh. in this uh. one, and just the the handshake between like, "Hi, I'm Alden. Hi, I'm George." Yes. Yeah, like what the yeah. weird power that is. Uh, all right, moving on to Escape from Corellia. This is a little bit more about the uh, M68 speeder and that whole chase sequence. The design of Corellia reactions. Love again. Love the just just to see the 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 magic of movie making and what they used for the the, the basis and then what CG and what's what's you know uh, Corellia in the background. I I just love that kind of stuff. Sometimes the magic like I don't watch a lot of the Game of Thrones ones on the big battles because I just don't just. I just want to watch the battle. Yeah. I don't want to know Jon Snow was cutting down green things. You know, like, <laughs> I did. but this, I loved it. And, and the practicality of the actual speeders for most of it was impressive. Yeah. Jennifer? Oh, my gosh. How they took the hodgepodge parts and put them together. That's like what I do for my my costumes and to see it like them doing this on this grand scale where they have a whole warehouse full of little bits and bobs and whatever that they can, oh, yeah, this was from an old car, this was from blah, 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 and they're putting it together to make this new speeder. It really is like blending, like you're saying, the, the practical with the digital and the old school with the new tech, and oh, it's just, it, I just was like, how do I get involved with this? Yeah, you have yeah. such I a great crafter's, oh, builder's perspective on this. I just, the the level of, of detail is mind-blowing. Yeah, I love that detail that they tried to make a sort of like Trans Am, like land yeah. speeder, right. and then like, but it's got to be a little banged up, so let's rip the side off. Yes. Like, yes. that's a great detail. It, mm. it made me appreciate the speeder chase a little more and I already liked it I already thought it was a key part of the story because I, I love how it ends with Kira telling all and that's not going to work and that's actually one of my favorite moments but I, it made me appreciate it more when I watched yeah. it again just this morning yeah and I watch it again always loved that shot where they get stuck and then they fall that's and it too. looks so real and it was so cool to see that oh yep it was because <laughs> they totally did that to all yeah. in there and right Amelia Clark yeah and made them drop and get that herky jerk reaction they're not cutting corners you know what I mean that's what I really yeah. appreciate except for literally on the design when it makes it cool yeah right yeah. exactly uh, <laughs> uh I, I love uh this is one of the things that Kasdan mentioned in his list that he had wanted this scene where they cut through the factory and release all of the just ball centers of the tie fighters I love mm. that there was a design shot of that in this yeah, yeah. Mm. and I, I paused and was like I'm sorry I'm sorry Sarah my wife I, I just need to stare at this for a few moments yeah that's so cool that's okay I, I did a lot of pausing during the movie and took screenshots of Infus Nest and everything <laughs> <laughs> like, I, just, I just like I gotta hang these posters uh, on my wall <laughs> awesome uh moving on to the train heist uh I'll go first because I only had one big thought I love that the pre-visualization looked like N64 video game <laughs> That was my main reaction to this one. It's like, that's what it'd look like if you mm. played the train heist on N64. Uh, Jennifer reactions to the train heist. Again, this just is blowing my mind, you guys. You know what I loved? is actually when Alden asked for his eyeline for the train. Because <laughs> I'm always asking for my eyeline when, I, when I'm doing stuff on, on commercials. Well, you know, it's not like anything like solo. But just seeing that he's he's feeling that way too. Like, okay, guys, wait, where, where am I going to be looking to see this imaginary thing? I yeah. just, I love that kind of stuff. Um, also, this was when we saw Matthew Wood and his team gather sounds like Ben Burt. Um, oh, Tandy Newton's performance with the blue screen, mm -hmm. her final moments in the film, and I just was like, oh, that, that's the performance right there. Yeah. But I, it's just the, the level of, of acting that she she's just incredible. Mm -hmm. Gosh. Ken? Love, because this, this is fast becoming one of my favorite sequences in all of Star Wars. This is really... Uh, I just love it. I love the concept. I, I, you know, I love, you know, I played Red Dead Redemption too much to not love a good old train heist. Yeah. <laughs> and we were really looking forward to this before the movie came, 
came out because I thought it would be a little bit later in the movie and everything. But I, I loved hearing what Lawrence said specifically about how this is, and, and John too, about this is Han's first criminal move. So the, this launches his character in a lot of ways. He's committing to this. It, it's costly. He realized what, what it costs. And so the going forward, there's there's these stakes around what he's getting involved in, but he still wants to be this outlaw. So I thought that meant that meant a lot to me as the story and as the character of Han. Then to see it play out and uh, to see how, you know, again, what's what's practical, what's not, the explosion, all that kind of stuff. I love there's that note about uh, Bradford Young wanted to shoot this as if it was at dawn. Oh, and yeah. Then, yeah. So great. That's one of the things I love when, when, the, when the cloud riders write in. It looks so great. I'm so immersed in it when I watch it to see to see the choices made. It was uh, by this point we're all used to movie magic, you know. We're yeah. all used to seeing Kate Winslet and Leo DiCaprio on the side of a not ship, but a ship. Uh, but to to be re inspired by that, yeah. Uh, this that this was my favorite doc. Yeah, this mm-hmm. one this one was really good for showing the amount of teamwork, and they really mm-hmm. highlighted that. Like, well, you got your digital people for the previs, you have the actual. Actors, mm-hmm. uh, you have the stunt. You have Bradford Young, and then you're like, then we have to go to the stunt people uh, doing the awesome Memphis Nest moves. Right. You know, That's... yeah, that was really cool. All right, moving on to becoming a droid L three three seven. Jennifer, how mm. did how did you, did you get uh, anything more out of this one, or did it feel uh your your face is saying meh? I mean, I really, you know, we, we, this was the one where we saw Phoebe uh, in the costume, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, that was actually pretty incredible. Seeing how much of her performance was just, they just basically erased her her body in the green suit. And mm-hmm. that, that was it on screen. That was pretty surprising. I love that they compared L3 to a waitress in a diner that's yeah. been there for a long time. That just gave me such such a new insight into the character. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, this one made me appreciate L3 a little bit more. Not that I don't like L3, to be clear, but I, I think at times... Um, in the first viewings, I didn't. I just didn't take to the character as much as, as other people did, and and this gave me a lot of respect for what what Phoebe did, and to hear her describe the, her joy in creating this new kind of character, mm-hmm. um, I really took to that. And and while watching it, you know, one of the things I thought about somewhere, I hope Ahmed Best realizes what he did and how key oh, yeah. it was. Yes, that doesn't happen. Yes, Andy Serkis, and yes, there's a lot of other people and animators and behind-the-scenes people that made it happen, but I go to Ahmed in that documentary of the beginnings, walking around on set, figuring out how to do this, and to see where we've come now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I hope he understands somewhere. Yeah, comedians yeah. using their physicality to bring yeah. real, like, physical comedy to, to a character, as well as, like, mm-hmm. emotional stuff, but just really bringing that uh, the physical comedy uh, yeah, I, I thought it was cool to be able to really see up close and appreciate even more this really cool idea that L3 started as an astromech droid and you can really see mm. uh, the bits and bobs of an astromech. Right. It really highlighted that. Yeah. Scoundrels, droids, creatures, and cards, colon, welcome to Fort Ipso. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was a great one for me. I loved uh, the focus on Bradford Young in this one. Yes. That this was uh, the, that he wanted to light using all practical lights mm. and that this was kind of what the, was the linchpin idea for the rest of the way Solo looked of really playing with those super darks and super lights. I hope he shoots another Star Wars film. Yeah. Without a doubt, because Solo, in, in waiting for this release to come out, again, I only saw it in th- th- uh, theaters three times, just schedule-wise. And again, part of, part of the problem behind the scenes of Solo, right? We all faced that a little bit, didn't watch it as much as we wanted. I couldn't wait to watch it again because I love the locations. I love Savarine. I love this, and... And, and to hear Donald Glover, again as an actor, say, oh, I get it. When you're here, this is, this is it. 
you're really there. Yeah. You're there. And to hear what Bradford Young, I think, himself is saying, when an actor walks in the shadows, don't worry. Don't worry, audience. They're going to walk out of him in a second. And, wow, that just, I love the look of this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going back to George's idea of the lived-in galaxy, mm-hmm. it feels really lived-in of, like, that character wanders under a mm-hmm. lamp and, you know, a little bit of their shoulder is not lit because yeah. they're under a lamp. Yeah. 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 I loved I I love this package because I love these scenes on screen and I just had no idea of how they how they lit this. I mean that they actually just use if there was a light in the bar, that was a light that the actors got on their face. It's just incredible. The puppeteers yes. were amazing and how the actors were like, "Oh, the puppeteers were so good. They were re- reacting to us giving yeah, us yeah. something to work with." It's just it's just uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. So many so many talented people coming together together to make this film. Yeah. yeah. I love that they let, I believe it said, the graphic designers design Sabak, which was oh, a, yeah. a question I actually had yes. uh, because somebody ha- had given me in the past an internal Sabak game that Lucasfilm, I think, gave out to employees for like a party. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering like if the game, I mean, I know there's been versions of it in, in right. Legends and all that, but for this concrete one that's cool to see like exactly where it came from and to have a sabak coach on set that was yes. awesome yes. was this the one or was it the round table where alden talks about the little rabbit character that warwick was playing and i think i did i personally didn't know warwick was playing that character i didn't, I didn't oh, either yeah. i've always yeah. liked that shot yeah, that cuddles. little weirdo uh, <laughs> yeah. congratulating him yeah I, love that. I like that as well yeah so great. all right on to my favorite of Ooh. all of these oh. little mini docs team chewy yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, did I love that. Uh I love the detail of seeing that when Chewbacca according to the script when Chewbacca introduces himself, he also includes his son of in his father's full name like yes. Thanks John Caston. Yep. Yes. Okay, and that's why Han is saying, yeah, I'm not saying all that. Excellent point. I'll break you. I'll uh, uh, yes, because I've heard some criticism on oh, I didn't I don't need to know Han calls him Chewy for it's like uh, calm down, <laughs> calm down. Yes, it would be he's Chewbacca, son of Itchy. Uh, yeah, I love that moment. Yeah, love that yeah. reveal. I thought that was great. Sorry, sir. Uh, <laughs> in j- just seeing uh, the enthusiasm and the uh, the they clearly cut together of like, hey, if anybody wants, it almost feels like Team Chewy is like, does anyone want to make a solo movie? Because Look at this action shot of Chewie looping through the air yeah, that was and incredible. punching a stunt person. And <laughs> I, I stopped and screenshot when he's doing the rope thing, the yeah, CrossFit. I'm like, ropes, that's yeah. Chewbacca doing CrossFit. Like, oh that. man, just, he's curling too, right? He's, they clearly he's curling. Do, like yeah. this photo shoot. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> the whole thing, just the uh, the joy of Chewie coming out of that was amazing to me. Yeah, how they were putting together the the the, co- the costume, the suit. You know, stitching it strand by strand. That was amazing. But yeah, Jonas, for a moment, I was like, oh, who is the stunt person that they got for? Oh, that's Jonas doing all that. Oh, my gosh. I I just was blown away. And I just thought, God, we need a Chewy movie for a Chewy, new Chewy holiday special. Yeah, Yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah, this is, you know, you talk about bits and bobs and making things, Jen. This is why I'm so impressed with what you do and what these people do. When I saw them individually stranding the hair, like, I got hot spits. I was like, I can't. Nope. nope. I can't do this. I can't Uh, do it. I'd lose my mind. And it's so impressive. And then then to put mud on one of those costumes. Oh, my gosh, yes. All right, final of these segments into the maelstrom, uh, the Kessel Run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any uh, any thoughts on that one? I think I might have started to have been, been falling asleep in this one. I have the least <laughs> <Okay>. notes. <laughs> Three watches fun. Other than, you know, I love the inside. I love the, again, the practicality of 
All right, and then drift, and then uh, again. yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I really like the the concrete detail that Ron Howard added the monster. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I yeah, think we yeah. need something else, like show that he really was in there working this. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. I loved how immersive it was with the projection. Made me think, oh, this is kind of similar to the technology they're going to be using for the Falcon ride at Galaxy's Edge. Oh, nice. So they, they got to go on an early Disney ride. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Didn't even think of that. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And then we have nothing to say about the Target exclusive, the Millennium Falcon <laughs> from Page to Park, because. <laughs> We don't have it. We don't have it. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. We'll do a special episode <laughs> all about that. Uh, we're going to talk through the deleted scenes. I think this will be a little faster because I don't think there is as much there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but any overall reaction to the deleted scenes? Some of my more favorite deleted scenes of the last you know, four years now of Star Wars stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, ones I, I, you know, like a lot of people, you see the deleted scenes and go cut for a reason. I still think that's the overall feeling here. But I, I liked, I liked a lot of what was presented here. Yeah. Do mm. you have any overall gut reactions, Jennifer? Yeah. Pacing, pacing, pacing. For each scene, I was like, nope, nope, the pacing is too slow. Uh, it just didn't work for me. The only one I really did like was a Corellia foot chase, which we just talked about before mm-hmm. because of the chemistry between Han and Kira. Yeah, um, yeah. But And the Han Solo Imperial cadet thing, I found it to be a little bit too retro looking. That mm-hmm. it, it kind of stood out to me as being a little funny. Okay. It came across a little bit comedic. It didn't yeah. fit with the rest yeah, of the yeah, film. Yeah, no, you know it definitely what I mean? is. Yeah, yeah, I totally yeah. agree with you there. Yeah. Let's, let's dive in and go go yeah. through them. Okay. Uh, that because uh, I want to talk about Proxima's Den, mm. which was just in totally alternate approach to Han mm-hmm. returning to uh, yeah. the, the favela uh, and interacting with Kira. I really like this, and I was telling Jen before we recorded. I actually like it. More than the one in the movie, however, the one in the movie be- is the one that belongs in the movie. From a writer standpoint, or just you know, the one that's in the movie is how you would write an introduction. It's dramatic. They kiss. They're there, and and there's snippy lines and all that kind of. It, it feels like a movie. This one felt as if it was if this had been a miniseries. It was a little more realistic for me. A little bit more interaction. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I remember the first I. I didn't like the opening of Solo as much the first couple of times, and and that opening moments between her her and Han were part of the reason. Okay, does that make sense? So I like this, but I again, like Jen says, it's not as dramatic, and the pacing's off, and then there's some weird things with the little baby eels or whatever's going on. Yeah. I don't know. It's just yeah, some yeah. people swimming with the swimming l- with Lady eels. Proxima's young. Yeah, I liked that part. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's not bad. Weird. It's just yeah. weird. It Swim with the weird. young. It was just weird that it was attached. <laughs> I know. Uh, what did you think of the actual uh, alternate take? The alternate take. I felt like the the acting. It felt a little. Uh, it was not their best work. Hmm. I, I don't know when they shot that, but to me, it just didn't. I didn't feel as much chemistry between them. It, the energy was kind of low. Mm-hmm. Um, I found him calling Lady Proxima mother really creepy. Mother Proxima, yeah. It just did not. I just didn't like I, it. I think yeah. that's. I think that's Lord and Miller. St- I, I think that because Kasdan mm. refers to her as Mother Proxima in that list. Yeah, uh, in the early on. So I think you're right. Yeah, maybe they refound it. Yeah. So I I didn't like it because I didn't feel like they had found Kira yet. I feel like mm-hmm. right. Uh, I, okay, this is a different take where it's a little bit scarier. Mm-hmm. Everything's scarier, but all of that weight of being fearful is given to Kira instead of in the final version where she is excited about leaving. Mm-hmm. This has been at least 50%, if not more, her idea. So I was just like, this is interesting to see, but no. I wanted it for me. Um, why is it on here? It's not a deleted scene. It's an alternate take. <laughs> what is 
going? Uh, this this was a mystery to me because it's like, yeah. did Ron Howard come in and go, let's try a draft, drastically different take? No, does that work? Is this a Lord in Miller alternate take? Which, in theory, there's a lot of those. Yeah. yeah. If we are to believe it. So why the hell is this here? That's a, that's a great point. And maybe, yeah, that's a great point. Maybe to show... How the cha- scene changed, I don't know. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know. It's, it's not a deleted scene. <laughs> it's not deleted or extended. It's an alternate take. It's yeah, yeah. Weird. It is a here's mystery. The, maybe it's them going, here's the movie you would have got. You don't like it, huh? Right? Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that Good seems like an absurd answer, but I don't. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. we'll move on. The Corellian foot chase. Uh, I know we've talked about it a little bit. I hadn't watched it uh, before because I wanted to wait for this. Oh, oh man, I love it. It's right? great. It is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Chemistry. They're just they are young, yeah. hormonal people in love. It's so in oh, it's so and great. It, I and love it, it seems so to be great. one of one of the, that. That's what Lawrence Kasdan wanted more of than the sequence. If we're if we're believing the the list that John put out, which yeah, why wouldn't we? Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, you can see where it pacing wise. Yeah, it's a little longer, but I I, I do like. Yeah. It. And then uh, we were talking about the Imperial Cadet scene. This is of course in the novel. We in the novel we get to see the whole flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we ha- we see this scene with a lot of the same dialogue. Yeah. Uh, what was your reaction to this one, Ken? I I, I uh, glad it wasn't there. Glad it wasn't there. I think it just works a lot better with the with uh, him getting his last name and oh we'll make you fly and boom you're there. Yeah. Um, we can get Han Han says all this later. You know, yeah. I got kicked out for a reason. Is it fun that Tag and Bink is there? Do I like seeing another Imperial officer? Of course I do. He's a great Imperial yeah, officer. Yeah, he was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't bad. Yeah. I just, um, not needed. Not needed. Yeah, and you felt it was too wacky overall. I felt it was almost like a parody of a Star Wars film. I also felt like on in Flying the TIE Fighter, it was like me when I'm, you know, flying in <laughs> Battlefront. Yeah. Just a look of horror on yeah. his face. Um, yeah, I just didn't work for me. Yeah, I did like comedically the little detail when he's describing what he did and they're, they're showing on the display his tie yes. <laughs> swerving around er- erratically awesome. like that's cool. That what I funny. love from the, this uh, this scene, which is in the novels, we have it there, is that idea that Han broke rules to save someone, even if he's not acknowledging it. That's why he got kicked out of the Navy, because mm-hmm. he saved someone. And it, and it is useful. It, it's it, in, in the novel, stretched out, it works a little better. Yeah, it works yeah. better. But yeah, here. Mm. Uh, all right. Uh, Battle of Mimban Extended. This is my favorite. This was the oh, only really? one where I thought maybe this should have been added, because... Mm. I agree. A lot of the others slowed down oh. the pacing. This is all big action, so it didn't slow down the pacing mm-hmm. too much. Part of what I really love is seeing a little bit of a bond being made between Han and Beckett. Beckett gets to see that Han n- knows how to handle himself. Mm-hmm. The Han getting mad at the cheap Imperial blaster is funny, but the biggest thing for me is we, for the most part, don't see the Mimbanese in the sequence in the actual movie, and I like being able to see them more clearly, mm. and then you can connect that one of them is with Enfys Nest. Right. Yeah, I, I really do like this this as well. Um, I focus on Corso, this character of Corso, yeah. the heavy gunner, uh, which you see two seconds of. Um, I, I, I was on some level, it's just this cool video game moment. He's dying and he's still shooting. He's got his sentry gun like <laughs> yeah. in Battlefront 2. Yes, yeah. I, I do the heavy trooper often, so Me I'm like, too. oh, yeah. I'm at level 46. I wonder what Corso's at. Seventy. Um, <laughs> high as you can yeah. go. And great point, too, about a little more with Han. In the movie, I can buy into, uh, just for story-wise, that Beckett sees when Han and Chewie show up, and that's when Beckett seems to be like, all right, there's... A, then even uh, uh, Rio says, I'll say it. I like this kid. 
Um, I like a little bit more more with them, so I think you're right. And then and then the practical nature of we've lost our brute, which is Corso. Yeah, we're gonna need some other people. We need some muscle. Yeah. Uh, how did you uh, respond to this one, Jennifer? Not for you. No, on paper, I, I totally agree with what you guys are saying. But for me, when I was watching it, maybe it's because it was really, really late. I just was like, this is going on. This is going on. It's just to me, sure, yeah. it was much more effective in the film because it's shorter, tighter, and a little bit actually more scarier, more realistic. Hmm. I don't know for me. Okay, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. that, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, speaking of going on, the extended battle between Han versus <laughs> Chewie, which oh, is yeah. quite long. Uh, oh, it's long. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, for in terms of deleted scene, and we've talked about it before, it's like, this one has uh, so many little beats, it's its own little thing. Yeah, it's just, it was one of the ones uh, when I had him playing this morning before you guys came over. And that is the one that you mu- suddenly I'm like, oh, I need breakfast. And I just got up and walked away. I forgot that I was watching it. And I was like, oh, the scene's still going. So again, fun. I'm glad these things exist and we can watch them. Yeah. I love watching Kylo on the Falcon Force Awakens. I don't think it would have worked in the movie the way they shot it. So, but I'm glad it's there. This yeah. is one of those. Yeah. I really like that <laughs> beat where Chewie gives up and Han has to encourage him. That's really yeah. cool. But it, and it, but it's yeah. great to see for me on a deleted scene because it would have slowed the movie down way too much. Yeah, I think I checked my phone. I'm like, is there any <laughs> emails of what's going on? <laughs> it teetered on, like they definitely hit each other and attack each other in the final film. But there's some brutal, like this is much more like, let's choreograph a knockdown yeah. drag out fight between right. Han and Chewie. Was it a little bit too brutal? You know, I don't mind brutal. I watch <laughs> MMA fights. Uh, but yeah, to me, it just was like, oh, okay, I already know. Because I'm comparing it to the film. So, yeah. you know, that's right. why. And on the opposite end of the, the spectrum, the snowball fight. Yeah. What was the reaction that? was to that? the best scene, and I wish it wasn't, no. I, that was fun. It was fun. I was Because I, I remember I saw a clip before, uh, and I was like, was that like, is that like an ex, is that like a behind the scenes footage where they just cut and then they started having a snowball fight yeah. which then turns out they actually did you see in the in the docks they, yeah. the crew has a snowball fight right so i don't know where that came from it's silly so glad it's nowhere near the movie yeah it would have felt to me a little disrespectful to beckett's loss <laughs> <laughs> right a little is a terrible. lot of quotations around that oh one. i understand these important people you just die yeah. but snow We've never seen yeah. it before. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. too cutesy for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, meet Dryden Voss extended. Uh, <laughs> this also seemed to me like uh, had some fun moments. It explains what Han's eaten. Yes. Whip. Foot. Yeah. A little bit more of the alternate take, which we, we know because Bettany only shot with Ron Howard that this is... That's got to be Ron Howard. Ron's, yeah. uh, Ron's old take. Yeah, it would probably be a little bit of uh, Temple of Doom. I, I don't like uh, uh, weird foods being... <laughs> so I was a little stomach turned on home. Okay. <laughs> Slurping up some tendons or whatever that was. I loved that. I loved seeing him trying to eat those noodles. Oh, like, getting a noodle in the shirt. It was yeah. just a cracking me up. I found that I could watch that all day. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I love... Chewy double fist and some drinks at the bar oh, in the right, movie where right. he just gulps one down. But yeah, here. yeah, uh, that was a thing I meant to mention earlier. This reminds me quickly. Like, I, I, one of the mysteries of this whole package is we know Ron Howard shot all of Dryden Voss mm. in the first light Crimson Dawn yacht scenes. I yeah. wonder why there was nothing on them in the in the documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a, another mystery to hang out there that mm. perhaps we'll answer someday. The final uh, deleted scene uh, lasts, I believe, seven seconds. No, uh, the coaxium double cross. Han asks about a canister. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any, yeah. And, and the yeah. yacht flies in, right? Yep. Yeah. Nah, yeah. I think it's one of those ones that would have revealed too much. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting. 
Yeah, and it, it, it's a question about exactly who has he told what element of his plan, and I like right. that being a little bit more mysterious. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have yeah. any reaction to this I one? I think it was like two in the morning at this point. I think I dozed off or something. I don't well, know what happened. Yeah. The first time I missed the <laughs> yacht, I think I looked down or something. It happened so fast. I missed the Maybe yacht coming in. Maybe that's it. Yeah. I was like, is there some scene about a canister? What do we get That's here? what, yes. Yeah, right. it's yeah. very, okay. very short. Yeah. Yeah. So an interesting uh, uh, inclusion. So give me, yeah, give it's me, so short. Uh, well, when I see these short ones, give me... Give me some, maybe a lot of them might be more of a completed print, maybe. But but I love in the doc, there's that one scene where like Val is leading the way and they're talking about eating and Beckett's like, of course, think about food when it's time to eat. Like, yeah, I would have, if, if that scene could have been shared, I would have rather that than this one. But yeah, whatever, you know? maybe they're holding something back for yeah. the next release. <laughs> uh, any big picture reactions? We, we covered everything. Uh, got a fun question to wrap up, but any big conclusions to uh, your thoughts on the extras? I, I, like I said, some of my favorite ones in terms of whether or not I thought they were in the movies, they, they brought different things and made me think about it. And like the Corsa one and the extended battle in my brain, now that I've seen that, I can still insert it in the movie in my head. Yeah. And believe that, hey, that's part of what happened. It's like when someone says, uh, Beckett didn't grieve enough. Well, you're not seeing him build the graves. Yeah. You have to assume that that happened. And so I look at some of these things and go, all right, they're not in the movie, but in my mind, they're there. Yeah. Yeah, whenever I watch these behind-the-scenes things, even if I don't care for a film, obviously I loved Solo, but even if I don't care for a film, I respect the amount of work and talent that was came together to make it, and, and that's how I always approach it. I'm like, well, you know, I may not care for this or I have a problem with that, but gosh, look at how they put the speeder together or, you know, whatever it may be. And I think that everyone should just remember that, you know, when, you, when you're when you critiquing a film, that there there are a lot of people who put their heart and soul and passion into this. Yeah. You know, they're not doing it just for, like, cheap thrills or, like you mentioned with Lawrence Kasdan. It's not yeah. just a, a, what is it, cheap grab? Uh, yeah. Cash, cash, cash grab. grab. Yeah. Cash grab, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. Heart and soul. Heart yeah. and soul, yeah. All right, final question. If you could request another feature for the next solo release, what would it be? <laughs> uh, I have a feeling. Mischievous Yoda lab. Yeah, I have a feeling I might know where your mind's going, so I don't want to step on it. Ooh, oh. step, please step on my oh. mind. I want a karaoke version. <laughs> what? Where it's like you can, you know. You can sing along with Lou Lilo. Lou and what's a Rodia. A Rodia. Yeah, just like a karaoke, and the words come up of, oh, of uh, yes. their song. I would love that. Chicken in yeah. the Bowl. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking too realistic. I really want an audio commentary with Alden Ehrenreich and Jonas. I think oh, that, that yeah. would be so fun. They mm. just have great chemistry um, and seem like they have a lot of fun stories to share. Yeah, that's very... I want an audio commentary. I want multiple audio commentaries. I'd want uh, John and Lawrence, for sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kasdan. Uh, and then I want uh, Han and Chewie. Yeah. Lando and L3. Yeah, As char- there in character. you go. Great. And I'll add one more. George Lucas. Oh, my oh gosh. Oh, my yes. gosh. Wouldn't it be funny if he was silent the entire time? <laughs> and then he got to that one cape moment that he contributed. He's like, oh, that, that was my idea. And then it just ends. He's like, I like that. <laughs> Good movie. Good movie. <laughs> I apologize again about my comments about Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is our look at all the bonus solo, and I'm sure there's still more bonus solo to come. There'll be more bonus solo around the corner indeed. Uh, Thank you, Joseph, for leading us through that. A lot to take in, but hey, that's what I loved about what we watched. There's a lot of content for these movies that we love. It allows you to crawl around the movies even that much more. As we like to do, we have to take audience questions from you all, and we're going to our Facebook page right now. Kyler Mark Allred asks, if you could have any actor appear in a future film, 
Who would you pick and what role would you like them to play? I would pick Charles Dance to become some sort of dark side force user. Do we have casting decisions, ideas, characters, Jennifer? I have so many. I'm, I want Rosario Dawson. I want Ooh. Viola Davis as mm. resistance leaders. I want Zassie Beats as a Jedi. Oh. Give it to me. I, I mean, I have. I could just roll out a scroll of actors I, like I want to cast. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, this is endless uh, requests. Uh, the Twelfth Doctor, Peter Capaldi, is amazing. Mm. Uh, he's been in now multiple movies with cartoon bears. He's in both Paddington, yeah, <laughs> and Christopher Robin. So I feel like oh. he should be in a movie with a space bear. That yeah. seems right. Uh, uh, but then the other one that's been popping into my mind is Haley Atwell, uh, who played Agent Carter in the MCU. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she is hilarious and it has great physicality. I would love to see her as one of the many Jedi Knights in the Old Republic. I like that. I like that. All right, if we're talking Game of Thrones, my mind always goes there. Charles Dance, yeah, I'd like that. I, we know Kit Harrington wants to be in yes, it. Yes, right. Be an Old Republic Jedi. But you know what? Natalie Emanuel and Lena Headey. I look at them both on opposite sides of the, the battle of good and evil in Game of Thrones. Uh, Lena Headey is some kind of, uh, whether it's dark side something or other, or just a evil ruler, or, or she can go against that type and do something else. Uh, and then like uh, Natalie Emanuel is like, I don't want to say like a young Ray Sloan, but that type, yeah. that type. Uh, she she just kind of stands dutifully next to Amelia Clark for her role uh, in, in Game of Thrones. But to see her do a little bit more, she does in Fast and Furious and get out there. I, I, I could be into that as well. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Dane Owens asks, what do you think about the possibility of Resistance eventually catching up with the sequel trilogy? This is the new animated show Resistance and maybe even going on to play out during its events. So I forget off the top hand the timeline of Resistance. I think it's a little uh, yeah. uh, undefined right now. Yeah, mm. you're right. But we don't know. We don't know. We haven't heard from Filoni. Like he had said, Rebels is going kind of four years. We kind of knew that, four to five years. Uh, we knew there was a, a finite end to Star Wars Rebels resistance. Jen, do you want it to cross I events? wonder the tone, if it will lend itself to catch up to the First Order stuff, because <laughs> it could get really dark real fast. How did yes. they do that? I mean, right? Because it, if it does... Uh, yeah, I'm so confused about the timeline. We know that the First Order is a threat, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And we know that Poe Dameron has joined up. Has joined yeah. up, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And there's a, there's a weird... T- that Before the Awakening book, it puts a weird timeline wrinkle in Poe Dameron. I yeah. have to reread that. In, I, yeah, hmm. I, I, ha- I want to reread that as well, because that, that sets up when he joins the Resistance. Yeah, and you get a sense it's closer to Force Awakens than maybe this, but we'll yeah. see. But it could hmm. be, if that happens six months after... Mm-hmm. Uh, Bloodline, where Leia kind of starts the yep. First Order, then they got years to work with. Correct. So we kind of don't know, I think. I, I want to see this kind of wrap up before, only in the sense two things could happen. If, if it goes past the events, everyone on this show would have to be wiped out, or right. they're somewhere else and not found. And I already think that you're setting up a situation where you have a lot of that, where Snap and Jess Pava, Shriv and Zay, and everyone's everyone wasn't there, and so they're out there. And that's what you have to do some of the, the way Last Jedi was told, the story. I just don't want everyone to be suddenly like, oh, no, it turns out there was like 4,000 people. Uh, it's not 40, it's 4,000. I like the idea the resistance was decimated and there's only a few people. Now they have to find new allies. So that would be the only weird thing is I don't want another show where we're worried about who's dying in that, the kids and the kids' Saturday mornings or evenings. That was my exact reaction, but I want it to continue into yeah. the, to, uh, the sequel trilogy for exactly that reason. I want us to be yeah. shown crystal clear why they weren't 
uh, on Dakar, right? Perfect. Why Griff Holleran wasn't flying with <laughs> Black Squadron. Yeah. You know, I, I think that would be great. And if it ended with uh, Yeager getting the call from Lan and going, nah. Nah. <laughs> no, jeez. <laughs> that would be a nice dark ending for a kid's show, right? <laughs> and that no is way. the end. But yeah, they got to dance around the why aren't they in the movies. Might, might as well address it. Might as well address it. Thank you, Dane. On our Patreon page, we like to take two questions every show. Thomas Streeton writes, Greetings, Force Center. So for many years, I've chosen C-3PO's. That's funny. The damage doesn't look as bad from out here as him looking at the Star Destroyer and mistaking it for the ship that they were just on. Basically, C-3PO's a bit of adult and doesn't know anything about spaceships. I suppose I base this on how far away they are when the line is set. Am I crazy? Is C-3PO adult and the joke's on him, or is he just making an observation about the Tana V4? Uh, thanks. Well, maybe I shouldn't thank you in case you do call me crazy. Thomas, you're not crazy. I understand what you're saying. Joseph, do you have any mini-counseling on this? Yeah. Uh, no, other than to agree that I think I have always interpreted that when I was a kid watching the original trilogy, that that's 3PO doesn't realize that's not their ship. That's okay. why he, he expects to see a damaged ship, and he sees a Star Destroyer. Like, oh, the, that's the way I've always interpreted that joke. But mm-hmm. now as the Star Wars uh, galaxy has expanded, I have a hard time swallowing 3PO being that dumb. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, I have I play around with it in my head canon that maybe he it's a joke where he expected that the Rebels did some damage to the Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. And, oh, looks like we didn't actually mm. do much damage. That's my only little bit of headcanon. Okay. Still exploring, because huh. I do think it reads that way, but it yeah. makes 3PO a bit too dumb in a modern take on Star Wars. Okay, I like that. Jen? Yeah, I thought that it was a joke on his ignorance of tech and their ship, and so, of course, I, but what's really funny is, as a kid, I always laughed at that line, even though I really didn't know why. I mean, just I, just the way that it's delivered. It's like, oh, this is a funny part. You know how kids do that? Yeah. They don't fully understand the joke, but they're like, ha-ha, that's good. <laughs> that was me. I, I used to do children's theater, and I relied on that. <laughs> I, I would get huge laughs on a joke about a sleep number bed, and like, kids, you don't know what a sleep <laughs> number is. I love it. It's amazing. Anyways. <laughs> love that. I, 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 I got to say, I don't know when I kind of adopted this thought. I've always taken it as 3PO commenting, and not commenting directly. So, yeah, there's a question about what he really means, but that the moment means death and destruction were just up above him. There was explosions, there was panic, there was Ooh. this, and he's just looking at it going, wow, it doesn't look like anything up there. Which also corresponds to Luke and the deleted stuff or stuff that didn't make the movie, looking up and just seeing flashes and kind of going, oh, there's something going on up there. Uh-huh. And then really inside, there's yeah, Captain Antilles just being choked to death. You know, this is, yeah. so I, I, I can't say, uh, at 14, I realize, I just, th- that's how I've interpreted the scene. Interesting. That's good. That's I like good. that. That's so, nice. That's good. It's uh, a good counseling. So, Thomas, I hope uh, I hope you got a, an answer. And no, again, you are not crazy. This is why we do these shows and take these questions. Final question from Kai Thatch. We love Kai. He says, let's say that Lando gets in the pilot seat of the Millennium Falcon in Episode Nine. Who should be his co-pilot? Chewbacca, son of Itchy, or Nine Numb, <laughs> son of Sullust overall? <laughs> I don't think I can say. Because yeah. I think that it's a spoiler. I don't know. I'll let you guys go first. What you, you have an inside track? I think that we talked about it here. Jennifer oh, really? has the Did, I feel like we should pause. No, 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 no. I feel like we should pause. Oh, and wow. revisit. Okay. Really? No, it's not that. Right. Maybe I'm imagining it, you guys. Oh. Okay. Maybe I should have done research. No, no, no. I'm spreading no, I'm rumors. In, I'm intrigued. Is, I'm spreading oh, rumors. Oh, good. Spreading so rumors. Mysteries this episode. Get us a million views on YouTube. All yes. right. Well, <laughs> I, uh, at the risk of ruining episode nine accidentally, uh, I think it should be nine. No. Nine numb. 
Yeah, because oh. uh, he's been floating. Uh, mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. I love Chewie. He's doing great. Uh, but uh, Nine Numb has just been floating around the background of these movies, standing around talking to people, uh, quick yeah. cockpit shots, and they've given him such a great character in the books, in the canon. I want a nice moment between him and Lando where Nine Numb can shine for just a second. In a weird way, I really come down on that side, too. I think Chewie and and Lando and the, and the Falcon would be a great homage to, to Han, right? But I think there's something, too, about, about giving Nine Numb some credit for what he did in Jedi. Yeah. And I want him and Lando to definitely have a moment, but if they get in the seat together... And I'll, and there's something about Chewbacca, his true partner now might be Ray. Yeah. And mm. to keep that in, intact. Yeah. We'll see. I'm All not right. going to say anything. All right. Let's All right. move on. All right. I'll tell you guys off right. the air. Cool. We, we record live to tape, kids. This is why we do it. Kai, Thomas, Dane, Kyler, thanks for the questions. If you have a question, comment, want to reach out, there's the places you can do it right here on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We have a website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube and Instagram as well. New merch is always up on tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And if you get something and support us and represent it out in the wild, take a picture. We'll reshare it, especially if you're in wild space or Disneyland. <laughs> Podcast available several spots, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podomatic, and Spotify. And Patreon.com slash Joseph is where we're building towards some goals. That's right. Our next goal is to do commentary for all the Star Wars movies. I was getting excited watching Solo about doing commentary with Ken and Jennifer, so if you've got yes. a buck or two oh, yeah. a month that you can spare, uh, please check it out. Patreon.com slash Force Center. We are almost out of here, but we have personal things. Jennifer, tell them where they can find you so they can tweet you to reveal what you know. <laughs> I I, okay, you can it's find episode me on nine, Triumph of Nine Numb. Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and I will not be doing a, a thing on YouTube about this, uh, but you can find me at Jennifer Landa. Uh, be sure to check out my previous Happy Beeps on uh, Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars Land, and the hype around that, and my latest one which will be coming out which is going to be an appreciation of Alden Ehrenreich. Oh, love that one. That's awesome. You're one on Katie Lucas. Highlight that. I'm always usually an episode behind. Oh. <laughs> uh, made me look at Asajj Ventress like I've never looked at her before. So great work. Oh, thank great you. Work. Thanks. Uh, Mr. Scrimshaw. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, in particular on Twitter, if you scroll back, you can uh, find my thread that I did about Solo uh, it was cool to see that Ron Howard had retweeted it. Uh, so I think oh, people. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize until so. I just thought somebody Burying was taking the lead, sir. Taking Ron Howard. Well, I, I think it is less. I, I bring it up less to be like, oh, you sure. Senpei noticed me. Uh, it's uh, more to bring up that uh, people are promoting. Like yeah. I would say, go out, if you believe in Solo, if you like Solo, go out and tweet about it because the creators are yeah. broadcasting that and let, let's get the word out. Uh, for all my other various adventures, you can find me on josephscrimshaw.com. But at the same time, that's really cool. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, you can follow me at CatNapsock, including YouTube and Instagram and all the other normal places. I think I'm back to a normal Twitch stream schedule very soon. We'll see. I've been down and out and not doing it as much. So if you follow me on Twitch, uh, get ready. Some more action. Maybe some Star Wars Battlefront 2. we got some big additions coming to that. Uh, that is it for now for uh, Alden, Donald, Ron Howard. Uh, well, the entire wonderful cast and crew of Solo Star Wars Story. Uh, that is it. We'll see you next time on Force.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.